Okay, today we're covering creators again, and the creator and feature today is Julian Shapiro, who I've been really enjoying on Twitter and on his website. Uh, he just tends to write really thoughtful stuff that is simple yet directed to the point and insightful. Uh, but I think it's an extra bonus whenever you have another creator interviewing a creator because um, when both of them are high level, they're really talking about uh, stuff that is super effective and helpful and you know gets past the basic how do I start creating consistently type of advice and I really appreciate that. So this is Lenny Wachinski interviewing Julian Shapiro. So I know you have something like 250,000 Twitter followers. You're very good at Twitter, but I've noticed that you've only tweeted three times this past year. What is going on there? Yeah, so there's a few things in, in parallel. One is a lot of people are writing threads and I found this to be very cringe. They're like these fortune cookie threads, like here's 21 yeah. ways to you know, rework your your startup or something. I found them all cringe. And what they actually do when you write that stuff is they attract people who think that's valuable information. And then they cause people who you actually want to follow you to unfollow you. And I remember <laughs> I remember just seeing people unfollow me when early days of threads when like no one was doing them and I was experimenting. And they were like pissing off people that I actually cared to have dialogue with. And so I kind of lost the momentum and enthusiasm for writing that sort of stuff. And now I'm only writing anything when it's basically a reflection or a condensed version of a blog post that I happen to be writing for my website. So I know it's high quality. I know it's original. I know it's thoughtful. It's not for the clickbait. So that was part of it. The other thing is that it's kind of like two, here's a mental model for thinking about the quality of your followers. You have mm -hmm. people who follow you for the quality of your brain. And you have people who follow you for sort of you being a glorified curator. So if they're following you for being a curator, they're sort of what I call labor followers. They're following you for the work that you're doing where you're finding cool, funny memes, you're posting cool, funny jokes, you're doing these fortune cookie threads. In contrast, if they're following you for your mind, which is category one, it means they're following you for the original thoughts and insights and takes that you have on the world. And so someone like Paul Graham, you know, the founder of Y Combinator is doing original takes. He's not trying to write threads for the sake of gaining followers. He's trying to write interesting novel ideas. And when he does that, he strengthens the affinity that his followers have for him and his mind because, like, wow, that was an original, interesting take. And so they're following you for your mind, not for the labor you're doing, putting together a virtual BuzzFeed account on Twitter. And when people follow you for your mind, when they're mind followers, not labor followers, Higher affinity means more loyalty, means they pay closer attention to what you're saying. And if you actually try to get them to do something with you, you have an event offline, there's something you're selling, there's a cause you care about, they're way more likely to indulge. Whereas if they're following you for your labor, you're interchangeable with all these other meme accounts, and there's no real affinity for you as the individual. So I just care more about the quality of the follower than I do the volume. I love that. That's such a good reminder not to just focus on follower, follower, follower. I'm curious if someone, so you have a lot of followers at this point, and it's just like so valuable to have Twitter followers, I've learned. For me, I, anytime I have a question about anything, I, I just ask and I get so many amazing answers from people. And there's this, there's this power to having a large following. I'm curious, while we're on this topic, if you're just starting out on Twitter, do you have any advice for someone that's just thinking about building their following? I mean, generally speaking, threads, despite everything I've said, are the primary way to get followers. So there's a reason why people do threads as opposed to single tweets. It's because when people get exposure to a thread, they're basically getting exposure to the length of thoughts equivalent to you, have, you having sent a newsletter edition or a blog post in many cases. 
And the more exposure, the more surface area you have, the more you give people of your brain in a single tweet, the more they're able to confirm that what you're sharing is actually a consistency from you. Whereas if you just tweet one clever thing, they're like, oh, that's probably just a drop in the bucket. Who knows if that person can consistently generate clever stuff. But in a long thread where it's 30 tweets and they're all good, they're like, whoa, this person is a machine. If I follow them reliably, I'll get more great stuff. So it reaffirms to readers they should follow you, which is why threads trigger more follows. So yeah, basically you do want to do threads, frankly. And that's that's the backbone of it. Threads with very clickbaity opening tweets kind of how it works. Uh, you can also port followers over from other places like your website and newsletter just to start giving yourself an initial sample audience through which the threads can actually take fire pretty much. Awesome. I wasn't expecting to go into Twitter a strategy, but this is this is interesting because you're really good at it. And as you've said, your stuff is like actually very thoughtful. It's not just a, a thirsty Twitter thread <laughs> trying to find followers and retweets. And so thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, it sort of started that way because me and a few other friends of mine, I felt like we were the first people doing threads at scale. And then when we realized what it turned into, that that's when we just stopped. I love that. Yeah, I, I know what you mean <laughs> about these cringy Twitter threads. Anyway, what I want to do is instead of asking a bunch of random questions is to focus on five big topics and kind of go deep on these topics. And these are topics that are maybe most popular of the stuff that you've put out across your handbooks and writing and courses and things like that. And also things that I've found to be most interesting. Does that sound good? Yeah, I would love to. Cool. So first little context, you write these super in-depth handbooks on a bunch of different topics on growth and writing and muscle building and things like that. First of all, could you just explain what these handbooks are and why you create them? They're forcing functions for me to hold myself accountable and to be thorough when learning something for my own benefit. That's all they are. So basically, if I want to go learn growth or writing well or some other topic, I will go ahead and do a ton of research, read everything I can get my hands on, do a ton of experimentation to try to build a set of novel insights that you couldn't find from other people's research, hopefully. And then the next stage is try to make it as concise and actionable as possible so that I can reference it for my own selfish benefit. So like, here's my guidebook for myself on writing better blog posts, for example. And then by the time I've done that work, what usually happens is it's only like, I'm going to make up a number here, an extra 30 hours of work to make it palatable and digestible for the public. So if I've done all this work privately, why not make it accessible publicly? And at that point, it winds up being acquisition fodder for essentially building an audience and distributing my thoughts further. So that's, that's why I do that. But the thing that I pride myself on with them is by no means are they thoroughly unique, but in every one, there's a lot of original stuff folks on average have never heard of before. And that's what I'm proud of is coming up with those insights between the lines that make that thing, whatever the topic is, much more approachable. So like I've succeeded in my view, if I've made something that people often mistakenly think of as overwhelmingly complex, very simple for them to follow. I think that's where the dopamine hit comes from for them. Well, in my experience, you definitely hit the nail on the head with the handbooks you put out. And it's an interesting middle ground between a, a newsletter and, and a book. And it's cool to just have a digital way of doing that, of just kind of consolidating a bunch of ideas and going really in-depth, but not, not having to write a book. Well, speaking of the contract there, so you have a very large newsletter that goes very in-depth. And that arguably is a more valuable asset than my handbooks for someone building an audience because the newsletter has this built-in form of retention recurrence where they get pinged in their inbox when you have new content. 
And then it becomes a referable thing and people refer each other and then they sign up for the newsletter. And so I, I do love the emphasis on long form via newsletter. But the reason I do it on the web is, and we'll talk about the trade-offs in a second, is it's much more digestible and referenceable. Like no one's going to go refer to the epic guide in their email inbox. It's very hard to navigate for building muscle or something. So one, it's a UX decision. Two, I get the SEO traffic, which you don't. And then three, it's basically a living asset that I can keep updating over time. It's not stuck in someone's inbox and getting printed out. One of the things that might separate me from other writers, at least many other writers online, is I'm spending as many hours going back and rewriting old blog posts and handbooks as I am writing new ones. So if you come back to anything I've written over the course of like a year, a year and a half, it'll be updated because I, I, I consider everything I write to be evergreen and I avoid writing things that I feel like are a drop in the pan, just like talking about a trend or something, something very newsy. I avoid that altogether. I'm just interested in writing stuff that'll stay for, be relevant for a long time. I didn't know that. That is very cool. I love that you do that. You should make that clear. That's so interesting that this is not stale. Last updated last week. I don't know if you already do that. Yeah, no, I actually don't. I probably should. People have complained to me that I haven't, so maybe I will one day. All right. What I particularly enjoy about Julian is that even his criticisms of himself are spot on. Like he knows that he could be doing better, but he's just not doing so. <laughs> and I think uh, that's uh, self, self-awareness is really super helpful. Uh, but also, you know, the stuff that Julian is doing is really insightful. I really like the way that he writes his guides. Um, I think it says something that most people have seen his guides. They think highly of them, but nobody, I've never actually run into a person who's read them um, like, <laughs> because they're just too long. Uh, so I think it's is some, uh, at some point you're making stuff so that people think highly of you rather than so that people actually read through the whole thing. So in that sense, they probably accomplished their purpose, but I do feel a little bit guilty about that. I will try. I will try. Um, but the other thing I want to highlight at the end as well is, is something that he started saying at the at the start, which is, you know, there, there are two types of people who follow you. People who follow you for uh, the work that you're doing for them and people who follow you for the insights that you deliver them. And the people who follow you for the latter are a lot more loyal than the others. So um, I don't know what I'm doing with this mixtape because this mixtape is essentially a curation piece therefore by julian's law uh you should not be that loyal um but i guess if you're sticking around and listening to me ramble for the past two and a half minutes then you're pretty loyal so thanks for listening